I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Thanks for tuning in. This is a solo podcast. It's just me, Andrew. Michele is at the beach with his family in Sicily. Cannot imagine something so grand. Um, I'm in Oklahoma City. I'll be answering your questions today. So, first question is from at Bangelope, and she asks the number of games that I think Darius Baisley will play this season. I have no idea. I mean, it really, everything this season to me hinges on whether or not Danilo Gallinari is on this team for a majority of the season. If he plays for most of the season, hangs around until February, this team has a chance to be pretty good. Now, they've released the schedule, and we'll talk more about that on Wednesday with Alex, kind of go through that, but it is really tough to begin the season. And so they're going to need everybody healthy if they're going to have any sort of success. And so it's good that they'll have those guys to begin with, but it also their record, may it may not matter because of the, the strength of their schedule to start with is just crazy. But to have Gallinari will help. And if they trade him early on, this it's going to be a bloodbath, especially in November. And so if that happens, if he gets, let's say that somebody's already dissatisfied with their team three weeks in, they need to make a move, Gallo's out there, they do something stupid and trade two first-round picks for him or something like that, boom, Darius Baisley minutes immediately available. And so... Uh, I would be surprised if that happened, so I would put maybe the over-under at like 20 and a half games for Baisley. Uh, it could be way under. He may just be a G-leaguer this year, uh, or he could surprise. I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know, but that's where I'm going to put that number. Uh, from at Benelephant King, is Billy in a lose-lose situation this year? The story seems to be that he finally has a coachable team. Is that really the case? Now that the Thunder have done have some expectations at least early on if they perform perform poorly I'm really great at reading right now Billy Donovan will be the focus and if they win Chris Paul will get the credit I don't know that I agree with that I think that Billy does have a chance to get some credit if this team performs well and there will be a weird narrative let's say I mean November's going to be crazy but let's say they do well in November the credit's going to go to Billy Donovan and it's going to go to Chris Paul, it's going to it's going to be one of those team effort things. You know, you the Clippers got a ton of credit this year for being a cohesive team and Doc Rivers, people said this is one of the best coaching jobs he's ever done. I think same thing could happen for Billy if that happens in November, and it's going to take a crazy effort to make that happen. I doubt that it happens. Uh but Jesse continues, Benelfin King continues saying basically would it just be better if they were tr- just traded away Chris and um, Gallo and became just a a bad team with developing young players. And I think, honestly, that's the scenario that I think a lot of people want, and I think that that would be best case for Billy, without a doubt, because I think the best thing that he's shown so far, one, his ability to adapt, two, his ability to develop young players. And so... 
I think that that would be a, the best position for for him and for the team ultimately, because every game that you win is a game that goes against your lottery odds, and that's really what the Thunder want. Now, for this season, I don't think that they they don't see this as a make or break season for anything, but it is a little bit of a make or break season for Billy. Uh, it's, he's kind of trying out to be the coach for the future of this roster, and I had never really heard anything you know, around the Thunder saying that they didn't want him to be that. But I've recently heard more things about this being like a, a tryout year for Billy. And so it's an important year for him, which is tough because every single year for him has been difficult. Um, it's been weird. He's had a strange NBA career so far as a coach. He's coached several Hall of Famers, uh, hasn't had a he had great success in his first season and then has had spotty success since hasn't been able to keep a team together and playing at a high level for more than like a month. And so it's been strange, uh, from at Jesse two, four, three, seven, do you follow the NFL? I do not, but she's asking, are there mostly just Browns fans because of Baker and Oklahoma? Uh, there are a lot. It's not everybody. I think a lot of people grew up Cowboys fans here uh, because they're in Dallas and they were super good in the 90s. And so I know a lot of people that are Cowboys fans, uh, but I think they're easily swayed over to being Browns fans. So I don't know. I don't really know. I don't watch the NFL. I just watch the NBA and hang out with my kids when there's no NBA basketball. So that's really about it. Uh, from at Detally Live, he's asking, <laughs> my kids are nine and five. What's the appropriate age to let them listen to Luke and Taylor do a Manscaped ad read? Never, Dustin. Don't do this. Don't do that to your family. Um, Let's see. Next question from at EJ Schlecht underscore FV. This is my brother asking a question on the podcast. Which Thunder player would be the most exciting to watch this season? This is actually kind of a difficult question to answer. I mean... Honestly, that's something that is underrated with Russell is the excitement that he brought year after year after year. The dude put up a 2020-20. That's something that isn't talked about enough. And I feel like it's talked about a lot, but not talked about nearly enough. And he is was just exciting, and he's going to be exciting. And now they're left like Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul's not exciting, like, I love Steven. Steven's not really exciting. Um, I guess I'm most excited to watch Shea. Um, SGA is probably the guy, but I don't think that he invokes a lot of excitement. Um, maybe it's Hamadou. Hamadou, and I don't think he plays that much, so it's very interesting. I'm excited. Probably the two guys is Gallinari, because I think Gallinari is so skilled, and he can really score it. I think that will be fun. And Shea, and like, what is Shea going to do? To me, those are probably the most exciting. But that's a good question because I just don't know that it's going to be one of the strangest years because every single year we've had some of the most exciting players in the league. And this year, uh, there's not a lot of super exciting players. So that is a question that on the surface seems like really simple, but it's it's a good question for this team because it's like, "Ah, I don't know, who is it? Um, at Austin BN wants to know my MVP prediction for this year. Oh, I think the safe pick is Giannis again. I think 
a lot of guys repeat, and I think the Bucks are going to be super good. I think Joel Embiid is kind of a dark horse. I think uh, Steph Curry could be one. I think James Harden could certainly be an MVP candidate. I don't have a pick yet. Ask me in September. Uh, at Detail Live asks again, what does your family think about how much you podcast? <laughs> I podcast a lot. Um, I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday for this show. I do podcasts for the OKC Dream Team. If you don't know about that podcast, um, we don't talk about it a lot, but it's through patreon.com backslash OKC Dream Team. It's with John Hamm and Royce Young and um, Brett Dawson, and it's a super fun show. If you're not subscribed to it or if you don't even know about it, you can go to patreon.com backslash OKC Dream Team to check that out. Uh, but what does my family think about it? Um, I think they think it's pretty cool. My son is trying to start a podcast himself. Um, the podcasting world has actually bled over into some other things professionally for me recently, which has been great. And so I think that it's just something that I've kind of stumbled into, to be honest, um, and stumbled into some success that I just didn't in, didn't even intend to happen, didn't even think would happen. And I honestly just feel very blessed. And I think that, you know, my family doesn't, I try to make it not interfere with my family life very much. I try to do them early in the morning or late at night or during my lunch hour so that it doesn't interfere with family life because I just, that's something I'm not really willing to compromise. And so, that's how the podcast has functioned up until this point. And it's becoming a little bit harder to make that happen on a weekly basis. Uh, but that's still the way that I would prefer it to function. So I hope that it's not interfering too much with my family in that way. But I do think that they think that it's fun when they get to go to events and stuff. And we've you know made friends through the podcast and met a lot of people. And uh, I think that's been really cool. It's been a really cool experience. And so... Um, yeah, just appreciate you guys and being able to interact with you guys and get to know you guys through all of that. I think that's been a huge blessing to me and to my family. Uh, I don't know if I answered that question correctly, but that's, that's my answer. Uh, from at CG Stevens, how many contracts in the NBA are worse than Chris Paul's and who are they? It's a great question. It's something people talk about. He's got the worst contract in the NBA. Why do we even have him? Why would they trade for him? And I don't think he has the worst contract in the NBA. I think there's a few that are worse. I think Gordon Hayward's is bad. 32 this year, 34 next year, and he hasn't been very good. Now he's got a chance to redeem himself. He's got a year under his belt after that injury. So maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe some people don't think it's worse. I do. I think that if he plays like he did this year, that's a scary contract. You don't want that. I think Andrew Wiggins is worse because I don't think Andrew Wiggins helps that Timberwolves team win. Uh, I think he puts up a lot of empty numbers, and he's making you know close to thirty million this year, and like three or four years um, ongoing. So that's a scary deal if you're trying to build a team around a core, and you've locked him up as if he's a part of your core. That's uh, a little scary right now. And no, I don't want to trade for him. I don't want to trade Chris Paul straight up for him. I don't want to do that. Uh, Chandler Parsons, he's been bought out, but still playing $25 million to him this year. That's super bad. Like You can't pay $25 million to a guy that doesn't play. Uh, Nick Batums, I think his is worse, 25.5 this year. He's got a $27.1 million contract player option for next year. You better believe that dude's picking that up, and he's it's terrible. That's a crippling deal for a team that is 
at the bottom. I mean, if you listen last week to Alex and I talk about the the Charlotte Hornets is bad, and he's a part of it. He was supposed to be one of like the core guys for that team, and he's done nothing but disappoint. The one that's definitely worse is John Walls, 37, 40, 43. Yikes. For a guy that hasn't played, we don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. That's terrifying. And the thing about Chris Paul is he can play. He's going to get hurt. That's a problem. He's old. That's a problem. He's not going to be a superstar for forever on this contract. That's a problem. But the truth is he can play. He contributed at a high level still. And that's that matters. And so, yes, his deal is bad. But it's not detriment, so detrimental, especially to this team. Like this team, you know, I don't think the Thunder care that much about how big his contract is. They got to pay somebody. That's the truth. They're not worried about it. I'll tell you that. They're not worried about his contract, the size of it, the length of it. They don't care. They don't care right now. It doesn't matter that much. Um, and then, like, you look at guys that have one year left on their deal that just are not worth nearly that money. Look at Alan Crabb, 18.5, and he's on a team where it doesn't quite matter that much either, so it's not crippling to the Hawks that he's got that kind of money, uh, but still, like he's a guy that's a, a mid-level at best type of player making $18 million. That's bad. If you're trying to win, if you're the Blazers and you have him, that's bad. If you're Brooklyn and you have him, that's really bad. But luckily, he's not on that team. He's on the Hawks. They're still developing, so it's okay for them to have him. Uh, look at Kent Bazemore making $20 million. million this season for the Blazers. That is bad. That's not good. I think he'll help some, but he's, again, another mid-level player. And then the player that was traded for him, Evan Turner, 18.6. That's a bad deal. I wouldn't want any of those guys. I'd rather have Chris Paul's deal because I know Chris Paul is going to contribute at a higher level than those guys. So, But I think you can probably throw those guys out because it's one-year deal. So contracts that are worse, John Wall, Nick Batum, Andrew Wiggins, Gordon Hayward. Let me know if there's any others. If you disagree, whatever. Let me know. Uh, speaking of cleaning your cap sheet, I wasn't even talking about that. Um, KP's cleaning service is amazing, and they support Down to Dunk. And I know firsthand how great they are. I had they came and did their deep clean on my house, and we had a, a birthday party for my one year old son over here. And I had several people say, like, your house just feels clean. Like, everything about it feels clean. Like, thank you. And did my house feel dirty otherwise? But for real, it does. It feels cleaner. And that's because KP's cleaning service is amazing. Uh, They do deliver a unique cleaning experience. There's no doubt about that. And they serve Oklahoma metro area and surrounding areas. They're a small business. Uh, and they have a back-to-school special right now. Now, listen up. 20 bucks off a first-time deep clean when you schedule weekly or bi-weekly cleanings. That's until August 17th. So you need to get on that now because it's seriously, they're great. And they're not going to have that many spots left uh, if you don't call them today. So give them a call. 405-290-8172. That's 405 405- Two nine zero eighty one seventy two to get a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. That's KP's Cleaning Service. They're amazing, great people, an amazing service. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and check out KP's Cleaning Service. All right, next question. Let's go to it. 
Uh, Andrew Kesey wants to know, what will the Thunder 30 for 30 look like? Um, it's sadness. I mean, there's a collapse video that was put out. It's actually really well done. And, um, you know, that's just where the Thunder are. Like, that that era collapsed. <laughs> it's, And you go back and you watch it, and you're like, oh, shoot, man. They had, they had their chance. They had lots of chances. And injury hurt them. Luck hurt them. They shot themselves in the foot a few times. And really, they should have come away with more. Uh, they still came away with an, an amazing era of basketball that shaped this city and shaped who the Thunder are. But at the end of the day, there was just a level of satisfaction that wasn't reached. And that collapse video kind of <laughs> it resonates throughout that whole thing. Very well done. Uh, it hurts, but it's kind of worth going back and watching and realizing, like, wow, like they there was a lot packed into that eleven years, a lot. And most teams, most teams experience what the Thunder experienced in like a twenty twenty five year span, and they experienced it in just kind of this jam packed eleven year run. And you know, the NBA and the Thunder will probably never see anything like that again. Uh, it was really a remarkable a remarkable run in itself to keep that sustained success, but then also to come so close to not get there and to look at the players. I mean, it's, it is, it's fascinating. The 30 for 30 is going to be really great and really depressing. (laughs) So (laughs) watch out. Next question comes from at Nichols 87. When is it safe to buy a Jersey again? Dude, just wait. (laughs) I'd wait a year. Before you buy a jersey, I uh, feel like you have to buy one. I buy an SGA jersey because I think that guy does have a long-term role with the Thunder. Uh, but I wait. I wait. I wouldn't buy anybody's. Don't buy a Chris Paul jersey. Don't buy a Gallinari jersey. If you want to buy a Steven Adams jersey, just he's awesome. And I do think he'll stick around for a while. I just have that feeling. So maybe an Adams jersey, maybe an SGA jersey. Maybe a Baisley jersey if you want to get a real deep cut jersey that may or may not be worth something someday. Um, but I'd wait. Give it a year. Uh, and, and I think that we'll see more of the direction of the Thunder here a year from now than we do today. Uh, from at zero, Thunder up zero. Here comes a girl question. Will Russ really enjoy playing in Houston like he did in OKC? The traffic, weather, and fans all suck there. <laughs> Will he feel like brothers to those teammates? Basically, is he going to like them as well as us? Oh, prepare yourselves, Thunder fans, because I think the reality is yes. Like He and James have had a good relationship, probably a better relationship since they've been apart than they were even when he was here. I think that they've continued that relationship and it's strengthened through the years. And as a, res- as a result, they're playing together now. And so I think that that's going to be there. I think P.J. Tucker's a really good teammate that kind of functions at the same like competitive level that Russell does. And I think he and Russell will really like each other. And they'll probably yell at each other a lot, but at the end of the day, probably really like each other. I think Eric, Eric Gordon's a guy that's really good and easy to get along with. Um, yeah, he'll like him. And it's going to be miserable. <laughs> But it's, I, I, I would not, unless things go very badly, which I just don't think they will. I don't think that they're going to go super poorly. If they do, then it could be crash and burn type of situation. And no, he won't like playing with them. But I would 
predict that the answer is yes. You will like playing with them quite a bit. Um, so just prepare yourselves. At 405 fan wants to know when I'm going to start preparing for the draft. Um, probably not until the middle of college basketball season when we have actual data and you know stuff that we can actually look at with some guys. Because uh, you can look at preseason stuff, and it's to me, it's not worth your time uh, to to go and look at high school film and look at all that stuff. To me, it's just not worth it. Like I don't have, I don't think you have real skin in the game until you guys see what what they do at the next level. And they've got some interesting guys that are going to perform overseas, and so I just think it's to me, it's it's more worth it to wait and see. Because I mean, Zion Williamson wasn't the consensus guy at this time last year for crying out loud. I mean, it's. It's a tough it's a tough thing to analyze in general the draft is, but at this point it's just next impossible. So as far as like podcast goes, maybe February at the very earliest that you'll that we'll start producing stuff. So it'll be a minute. And there's a lot of stuff to break down until then. So thanks for asking. Uh, we love doing the draft. I love the draft. And so it's gonna become way more important. We're gonna have more draft parties, we'll have a draft lottery party. It's going to be great. It's going to be super fun. But yeah, it'll be a while before we're really looking at stuff. Uh, let's see. This is from at Kev underscore VH. Would you try to acquire the Jang contract in, to accumulate more assets like Culver or Picks? So this is Gorgie Jang. I think, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The big guy who plays for the Timberwolves who played at Louisville. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the kind of deal that if you can get an asset or two in return, heck yeah, do it. If you can get a Timberwolves pick, yep, give me that pick. Like I'll take whatever pick you can get from the T-Wolves, for real. Uh, if they're giving away first-round picks to get rid of him, uh, yes, I'll take that. And if you have to give a first-round pick to get Culver, probably, I would probably do that. I like Jerk Culver. I think that he's a guy that would fit pretty well next to SGA and has a little has a higher ceiling than a guy like Ferguson or somebody like that because he can handle and do a little bit more so yeah I would do that for sure I think those are the kind of deals that they would look to do uh let's see uh at Nail Below wants to know if I would choose chicken strips or chicken nuggets it's nuggets man nuggets all the way come on uh, at OKCFCSP, wants to know if I would trade SGA and a lot of picks um, for Trey Young. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you're trying to get, right? I think SGA's got potential. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. There's a good question about ceilings for guys. But he's got potential. But Trey Young's like, a, I think that dude's going to be a, a superstar. I think he's awesome. He can shoot it. He's an incredible passer. Just an incredible offensive player. I would take him uh, in a heartbeat. I think he's a star. He's a foundational player that you want. And he's an Oklahoma guy. I think that he's a he's a star that people can latch on to immediately. SGA has the potential to be that guy, but he's still not there. And doesn't have doesn't have it. He could develop it. He could. Without a doubt, he could. Uh, he's got a pretty high floor as a player. Uh, but Trey Young's awesome, so yeah, I would I would do something like that. Uh, let's see, let me get to that uh, ceiling floor. There it is. Okay, from at Coach L underscore Schultz, ceiling and floor for SGA, Baisley, and Dort. 
I think that you look at Baisley and Dort and the floor for those guys is they don't play in the league. I mean, I think that that's a sincere floor for both of those guys. Now, I think that they can both play in the NBA, but you have to, especially, I mean, Dort wasn't drafted. And guys that don't get drafted, some of them turn out to be good players. That's That could be the case with Dort. But there's a reason that he wasn't drafted and that it's, he's not a guy that's ready offensively to play in the NBA. And that's a scary thing. And the Thunder like those kind of guys. <laughs> so maybe he works out just fine here. I think that he's got the kind of spirit, athleticism, toughness that you want. Uh, but not every guy that has those characteristics make it in the league. And so uh, like a ceiling for him is like Tony Allen, Marcus Smart-esque guy uh, that can do some things offensively a little bit but then like his major asset is that he's just a crazy bulldog of a defender out there and that's that's who he is and so I like him I think he's awesome I think he's really a fun player and he's a really good athlete uh, but I don't know I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't count on Dort playing he could but I wouldn't count on it just because the history of guys that don't get drafted that are on two-way contracts, is that most of those guys don't work out. So that's, that's what I think about Dort. Baisley, Baisley's interesting. I mean, he's got a floor of a guy that won't play in the league because we don't have a lot of data. We don't have a lot of film on him. It's hard to say. It's hard to project a guy. You can look at his skill level and the skills he's got. He's big. He can dribble. He can pass. He's really skilled. He's very passive which is not a great great thing for an NBA player. Uh, he's got to be more aggressive as a guy that can score it because if you're going to play at the NBA level, you got to be able to score it. And so he's got those type of skills. Now is he going to be aggressive enough? I don't know. He's got a ceiling of a guy like a Pascal Siakam, who's like that's a popular name. I wish I would, would have named somebody less popular <laughs> right now to develop into, but... Uh, He's got the like the ball skills. Like he's a guy that can grab and go, like Pascal does. He can drive. He can find teammates. He's going to defend at a pretty decent level. Uh, so that's kind of his ceiling, I would guess. But his floor is a a guy that has all these skills and just doesn't put it together and doesn't have the aggressiveness to play in the NBA. Like that's that's a reality for him. Uh, for SGA, to me, the floor is solid starter. To me, he's there already. And he was that last year as a rookie. He was helpful to a team that was that made the playoffs and won more games in the playoffs than the Thunder did. And he was very helpful to that team. And so, to me, solid starter is his floor. And his ceiling is star. And to me, to get there, he's got to develop an off-the-dribble three-point shot. As a point guard... Those are the things you have to have because he doesn't have like the crazy athleticism that a Russell Westbrook does. Like Russell, just he's an all-star superstar, MVP, Hall of Famer because he is more athletic than any other point guard to ever play the game, and he's a guy that can do things that other guys can't do. SGA is not that guy. He does a lot of things very well. He's really solid at a lot of things. I think that he's great at getting to the basket he's great at changing speeds and 
if you can have that, and that's kind of what made James Harden a superstar, because James is similar and like he can, he's really shifty and can change speeds, and he can get to the basket. I think that SJ has those kind of things, but the, what differentiates him is his ability to hit threes off the dribble. And SGA has shown that he can shoot it. Now is his release quick enough to shoot threes off the dribble with somebody right in your grill? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's something to monitor. Um, but he could end up being very Drew Holiday-like. And if that's the outcome, that's great. That's a great start for a team to have a, a young 20-year-old Drew Holiday on your team. So, um, But ceiling is that he's a superstar and that he can do it all. Uh, will he get there? I don't know. And to me, it still just depends on whether he can shoot it off, off the dribble. Because um, I think he can work within a team construct, but those guys usually aren't superstars that work within a team construct. They, but he can be a very, very good player. I'm very, very intrigued to see what he can do this year. Uh, this is from at Mr. Balm Fourth. How do you think Stevens' game will change playing with CP3? Uh, what might his numbers be next season? I think it changes just I think that things will be a little bit more open for him on the offensive end, playing with him and Gallo in particular. When he, when he does get to play with both those guys, I think that that will help him um, on the offensive end. Because Gallo, Jeremy Grant hit a great percentage from three last year. He was great. I think that you, I don't think you can ask more of Jeremy Grant. But the fact is, like, he's still Jeremy Grant. And guys don't feel like they have to guard Jeremy Grant when he's standing in the corner. Dylan Gallinari is a different different beast there because he can catch it, he can move, he can get to the basket, he's going to get to the foul line. He can do a lot more as an offensive player. And I think that will open up stuff. And just the fact that you have to guard Chris Paul on the perimeter too, I think that it was hurtful to Russell's game last year that no one guarded him. And it was also hurtful to Steven's game that nobody guarded him on the perimeter. And that's going to be a change with Chris Paul. And so I I think that, you know, 14, 15 points per game, 11 rebounds per game for Steven, I think that that is doable for him. And that's a great season for Steven. And so that would where that's about where I'd put his numbers. I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that. Uh, people want to know where Chris Paul and Gallinari can be traded to. We'll do some trade calls as we get closer to the season and stuff like that, but... Just off the top of my head, I think for Chris Paul, I think both teams in Florida make sense. Miami has been talked about a ton. Uh, I think the Thunder don't want to give up any assets to get rid of him. That's obvious is because he's still on the team. Is That's the reason why. It's because Miami's asking for stuff. And then if Miami gets to a point where they want to compete and they want Chris Paul, Chris Paul make him better. And if they don't have to give up any assets, great. I think, and we talked about this last week with Alex, I think Orlando makes a ton of sense. I think Orlando had Chris Paul. That's a good team. That's like a five seed. That's I mean that's that's a nice team, and puts them in a position they haven't been in in a long time. Now it doesn't give you a great ceiling and a long term trajectory, but helps you next year for sure. For sure. Uh, and then Gallinari, I think there's going to be a ton of suitors for Gallinari. I think Portland's one. I think Denver could be a dark horse guy that. A team that may want to upgrade that spot. Um, I mean, there could be like a Paul Millsap and an asset for Gallinari, and that's that's an upgrade for them. I mean, that's to me offensively they'd be unstoppable if they had him. A little little return of Gallinari in Denver. Uh, 
there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want him, to be honest. And I don't, I don't think it's a short list at all. Uh, we'll, we'll go through those at another point in time. But he's going to be a guy, I think, that if they wait till the trade deadline, they'll get they'll get a decent package for him, get some picks back. Uh, that should be fun. A uh, few more. Sorry this is going to be short. I just um, just don't have a ton of time on my hands. Uh, this is from Steve-O, Utah. Do you hate Taylor? No, I don't hate Taylor. I love Taylor. Taylor's super awesome. Um, and if you don't know, go to Craig Proper. I mean, I need to find exactly what it's called on Instagram because Craig Proper Home. Go subscribe. Go check out what Taylor's doing. Taylor's great. And sometimes he annoys the crap out of me on the Friday show, but that's it's kind of a bit at this point uh, between he and I. But uh, there's not a lot of people in the world that I respect and and love more than Taylor Dickerson. I'll tell you that. Um, so no, I don't hate him. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. You know what else I do not hate? You know what else I love? That's Peyton Marie Photography. That's at Peyton Marie Photo on Instagram. Go check out her Instagram. It is super great. You're, I mean, I'm, I want to marry my wife again and have her take our pictures because she does such a good job. Uh, PeytonMarie.com as well. She's an Oklahoma-based wedding photographer. Her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through bold and creative images. Her photography style is non-traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. She believes that your photos should be a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos should not be like anyone else's. She's based in OKC, but she loves to travel and would travel just about anywhere. Uh, So right now, this is no joke, guys. You get 10% off if you mention Down to Dunk when you book your wedding in 2019. That's a huge discount. A huge discount. So don't, don't sleep on that. That's a great deal. Um, And she does a great job. So if you if you know somebody that's getting married, make sure you recommend her. If you're getting married, uh, let us let us know and choose Peyton Marie because she's awesome. So support the people that support Down to Dunk, and go to PeytonMarie.com or at Peyton Marie Photo on Instagram. Let's see, answer a few more questions and then uh, I'll be done. Let's see, when does the rebuild actually start? This will be our last one. Uh, from at OU Dustin 18. When does the rebuild actually start? When is bottom? And we don't reach that until Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari are not on the roster anymore. So, yes, I agreed with that. I, I would say next season, to be honest. I think there's a chance that Chris Paul sticks around for this season. And next, se- next summer, there's not going to be as many moving parts. And there may be a team that thinks that Chris Paul could be the missing piece for them, in which they can either trade him for you know, equal assets, kind of like split up the contracts with Miami or Orlando or whoever, and maybe not get anything positive back. They may get something positive back. Um, but I would think next year. And I think Gallinari's gone this year. I, think, I just don't think there's any reason to hang on to him. Uh, there's a possibility of sign and trade. I doubt that happens. I would be, I would think that they get something for him this year, and then like the real bottom where SGA and Ferguson and Baisley and guys like that are playing a lot of minutes is next next year, and it may not be those guys. I would 
I mean, I think you can for sure say SGA plays a lot of minutes next year. Um, but yeah, I think that it's not this upcoming season. I think it's next season. Uh, so for sure. Uh, okay, we'll break down the schedule more. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to do that today. Sorry, this podcast is getting out late. Uh, that is just totally my fault. My schedule is just absolutely insane today. Um, but we'll have another podcast for you Wednesday morning. I will get that out in the morning, so uh, be ready for that. Uh, get ready for some some Thunder schedule talk. And it's it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of some interesting notes for sure um, there. So follow me at Andrew K. Schleck. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. Uh, be sure to go to be the match.org and register. It's super easy to do. It's not going to take much of your time and you could actually save somebody's life. And, you know, in a, the political climate that we have with everything that's going on in the world, that is just, it's heart wrenching. It's frustrating. You want to do something about it. This is not directly affecting all those things, but if you are just frustrated and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make any of this better. You couldn't change somebody's life by doing this. You may, you may not be chosen, but just being one more person in their registry at be the match.org is doing something. So if you're looking for something to do, if you need somewhere to put your energy, I am, I suggest don't, don't do that on Facebook. Don't bother with that because you're just screaming out into the ether. Go do something positive. And Be The Match.org allows you to do something that's absolutely positive, that can be life-changing for people, life-changing for generations of people, if you really think about it. So go do that instead of pouring yourself into your Facebook posts that people are going to be either really like and you're not really changing their mind at all or they're just going to be super mad at you. So don't, don't do that. Just just do something positive. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys again Wednesday morning.